Hi everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Copcast podcast on Cop Left. Um, those of you who listened to our last one will know we sort of did a conversation thing. We've actually ended up doing it again this time. So I'll introduce the guys and we'll sort of fade into a point where we start the conversation. First up in Belfast, Dave Dunning. All good with you, Dave? Yes, thanks. How are you, Dave? I'm exhausted listening to you this last hour and a half. Yeah, this is, this is going to be funny. Hang on. I'm going to get sober as the fucking podcast goes on. <laughs> well, you're, you're a most good company. I think we're all going to go that way. Um, it's, so it's like, listen to a pod backwards, if that makes any sense. And second up in Berlin, we have Neil Patterson. How are, how are you, Neil? Yeah, Grant. Glad it's, glad it's a Friday night and very heartened by our uh, performance there against Chelsea the other day. So looking forward to a win tomorrow. Uh, let's hope I haven't just put the scud on it. <laughs> and are you equally as tired as, as uh, to listening to Dave for the last hour and a half, or what? <laughs> I well, I mean, you know, the periods are all right, like, but uh, we've been going on a while, so uh, small doses. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep it the small doses, right? Well, here we'll 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 move into this podcast wherever wherever we fade in, we're fading in. Like that, like that was mad. That was really that was really mad. Like it's it's I, I couldn't understand it because other journalists. You know, they can pretty much fucking write what they want, but Pierce has to fucking maintain a relationship with the club. So why would he report something that is not accurate or without foundation? Like, I've done a pod with him. He's the nicest lad you'll come across. He's a real fucking nice lad. I I sort of felt rather guilty about some of the things I said about him, especially on AI. But that was during the Rogers era. I think think it was the Rogers era when he basically acted as Rogers' mouthpiece. And you could, and because of the divisions at the club at the time, and the whole Sacco Lovren thing, and he had essentially briefed against Lovren or against Sacco at every given opportunity to try and pick up Lovren, because obviously that's what was being fed to him, and that that's what Rogers wanted him to do, because that's how Rogers handled the press, like, and, and the whole transfer saga, me against them. Um, so he got a really bad reputation, and I think it was just a bit of a hangover from that. Like you're sort of thinking, is he trying to stir it again with Sacco? Like that kind of thing. So, but uh, you're you're right. You say like he 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 only has his job because he has fucking contacts at the club and has a relationship at the club. Like so, if he it's jeopardizes like, well, he, that by right, he may himself shit, think that fucking Sacco's a pack of sh- or um, Lovren's a, pa- a sack of shit. But his job depends on him writing what he's given. Yeah, exactly. And painting the club in a certain light, always. If Roger, if Roger's telling them, oh, Lovren's a great guy, he's going to have to print. He can't go, well, I think he's a fucking pile of shit, because then he'll not, you're, not... you're not representing what you've been told. Well, after that, he's got fuck all to write about, because nobody's going to tell him anything, are they? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They'll just phone up that other dude, Walsh, and say, here, come here, you. Do you write this? But the whole thing is bullshit anyway. Like, I mean, all of it is bullshit. Everything. Everything you read in the press, essentially. It's all all fucking political, isn't it? Exactly. It's either spun by the club or spun by the newspaper or spun by an agent or it's spun by fucking somebody. It's all fucking shit. Aye. Your man, Duncan Castle's the best. He's brilliant. He's Mourinho. Mourinho. He's Mourinho's mouthpiece. Like, He just, I reckon he must fucking send Mourinho bits of his hair in the post and all. Uh, it's fucking bizarre. Everything he writes, oh, he is like... What was it he fucking, I didn't even see because the fucking 
TV highlights are so shit. Um, the the fucking Wednesday night games were never shown on a match of the day or anything, so I haven't seen the highlights of the game. I haven't seen the Mourinho interview. No, neither I've have just, I. And I've just seen the quotes and I saw Klopp being asked a question about it today. What the fuck is he doing bringing up Klopp in his fucking post-match interview? Like, yeah, he's doing what he always does. He's just deflects away from the fact that United drew nil-nil at home to Hull. And it was the same, yeah. sure, um, whenever Hull beat them in the Cup. Oh, we didn't lose that game because it wasn't a penalty. It took all the, the onus off the team and put it all on that comment. Yeah. In fact, nobody, does. nobody spoke about them losing that leg of the tie. They were too busy fucking laughing at the, the ridiculous comment that he made. So, in effect, he actually succeeded. So, he did his job. But, I mean, to be fair on that one, most of the time you don't really focus whenever you've gone through an aggregate kind of thing anyway. But to bring up Klopp... From absolutely nowhere is his pure fucking deflection like it is. No, it's I not. Think, yeah. No, it's not. It's the start of this is his mind game starting about the top four. Because let's face it, it's between the two Manchester clubs and us who get the fourth place. No, it isn't. Yes, it oh, is. Oh, it's been, it's between it's between all of us who get second, third, and fourth. Like I mean. And I don't think I don't think United are great shakes. I mean, they've just drawn it home the hope. But they're grinding it out something that we're not managing to but do. They're not winning that many games. Like I mean, they did have a good period where people talked about them because they won nine games in a row. But two of them were were in the cups, and one of them was against the Europa League side in Zoria. From they've Romania only won. They've only won one league game in their last five. Exactly. So they're not really? picking up that many points. Yeah. It, and this is the thing. Again, everyone's talking about fucking Mourinho doing this and Mourinho saying that, and people haven't caught, caught on that they've won one in their last five. And it's some stupid thing like they haven't... I, I, there's some stupid stat like they haven't beaten somebody in the top half of the table since fucking, I don't know, 1994, some ridiculous thing. And even then, that team was West Brom. Something or other, I can't remember. But it was some stupid stat that basically said... They're really not that good, and they're not that good to be honest. They're just not. Well, I think it was a bit more, more, more surprised that he didn't invest anymore. Maybe he wasn't allowed to, but I, I'd sort of. But nobody nobody invested one hundred and fifty million. Yeah, I mean the big, the, the big, the big shakeup for for what's actually happened in the first half of the season is is Gabby Jesus. Yeah. And I again, that see, wasn't a January I, transfer. That was a that was a loan company. No, that was about a year ago. Or, but he's, yeah. he's just arrived, like, and first first start. What was it? Uh, two goals and an assist, or a goal and two assists, or what? What was it like? Yeah, I mean, no, he's good. Like, I, I I've been watching him for what two years now. I know you mentioned it, and I know he came on like um came on. I don't know who it was against, and he scored, but it was offside, so that was sort of yeah. his he, he, could have, he could have had a hat-trick in five minutes. He had three brilliant chances. And then he scored their opener, I think, against against West Ham, and he assisted their third. You see, he's that, he's that type of player, Neil. He, he, you know, he can operate pretty well wide, as he can uh, central. And well, I've signed him for fantasy team, that's for fucking sure. I am fucking... <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think you have to worry about City now because yeah I think you do I think you've got him and Aguero now you've got Sterling and De Bruyne I mean you have Marlis Marino to come back at the end of the season it's frightening yeah and see the other thing as well Guardiola has a history of preparing his side so they like fucking start to peak about this time of the year that's what he's always done like with his fitness regime so I expect to see City kick on a little bit from here I mean funny enough it's the same with, with Klopp in the sense that 
the the rook runda of the Bundesliga was always Dortmund's strongest uh, strongest phase like so it'll be interesting to see if we can come back strong now as the the first team's back like and we're hoping to have Mane from and Coutinho up front so we yeah can the, the, the difference back and Mati back and the difference between the length the the length of time between games now in comparison yeah, to the it's like it's like a game a week, and we have a yeah. fucking fit. We have a fifteen day gap after the whole or after the Spurs game, maybe is it? I think after Spurs. Yeah, it's after Spurs. Yeah, yeah, we've like a fifteen day gap, but I think it's we played eleven games in thirty five days, and we play our next eleven games in like eighty two days or something. Mad. Yeah, was it you that put that? Yeah, it's ridiculous because we went we went from playing a game a week all season for the first three months of the season, basically, to then playing a game every two days at some point, basically an average of every three yeah. for the next for the next month and a half. And it's not a bit of wonder that we fell apart a bit. Where, where do you guys stand on the um, the, the way that he, he put a weakened team out against uh, Wolves and all the rest of it? I, I, I had no problem with it. I don't know. I, I had saw both sides. I had a mate with me that didn't give a fuck about it. He doesn't like to see us lose, but he didn't give a fuck about us going out in the cup and whatever. But my, my opinion at the time was a bit like we sort of we could have done with a win here, so you know to stop the rot a bit. But then at the same time, we'd been playing so shit that we I could have seen us putting out a stronger team and fucking losing that game anyway. So that probably would have been worse. So, so at the end of the day, I was I think there was happier a, there was, than, a, there was a notion in there of well, if we go out, it's not the worst thing. Maybe, maybe, because I think at the end of the day, when you look back at the string of home defeats, it was three home defeats in a week, you were yeah. sitting there thinking, well, only one of them was in the league, really. Only one of them really mattered. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things. But from here on... I think I think if you beat Swansea, we're, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, I think that if you beat was Sw- a big loss. Yeah. That third goal is just a fucking horror show oh from start to finish as well it's just horrendous the mistake mistake after mistake after mistake but don't all our goals seem to be like that it's not one mistake it's like two or three or four people making individual errors consecutively yeah well I think heads go in certain situations like and and they just panic because I think sometimes when it comes down to it some of our players aren't of the standard that we would ideally like them to be like, you know, your Lovrens, for example. <laughs> oh, how bad was he against Chelsea? He uh, was Jesus fucking Christ. dreadful. Jesus oh, Christ. Hung right out the drive for the penalty as oh, well. Oh, totally, like totally. He was nowhere to be seen. He charged, did he, I think he gave the ball away first two with a pass. And then, and then he, and then he charged to, to out. break the line, charge out. Oh, what a yeah. dick. <sighs> Oh, it's just mustard. Deja vu, for fuck's sake. I've seen it so many times before. I mean, he just never learns. But is it a case where Klopp's just sitting going, oh, well, it's what I've got. This is what I have to work with. Fucking throw him out again. No, I, I mean, I think, he, I think he looks at it and he thinks, I, I, I hope he looks at it and he thinks, but I think he looks at it and he thinks that Okay, the summer comes. I'll get a first choice in. I might sign even even another because we're, hopefully we're going to have Champions League football. Dejan is then going to be at best fourth choice. He can play both sides. Worst comes to the worst. He's played a full season. He's finished in the top four. I can sell him for possibly a fifteen million, twenty million. 
you know. And then what about this fucking Sacco deal? Because there was almost an olive an olive branch to him and all of that. Um, well, yeah, I, I did, are you talking about what Klopp said? Yeah. yeah. Well, was, that he was, said that he has to go to Crystal Palace and we'll see in, in the summer there can be new new beginnings or whatever he said. Yeah. It, it basically, he said, well, you, you never know what happens. He still has a contract with LFC. Yeah. And why, so, would you, why would you say that? Well, because maybe he's finally taken the manager's instruction to go out on loan and play some football and get fit. Maybe that's yeah, what, that, maybe that, that's that what it is. That disconnect that we're not hearing. Maybe there was maybe there was the bit where, as you say, he fucked up and uh, he was asked to go on loan, which we know he refused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder was the refusal to go on loan one of the major issues? Maybe that was a. You see, I and that's a good point, Dave, because I think you talk about all the other stuff and you talk about the the drugs ban and no smoke without fire and then the shit and the American tour and then the fucking Snapchat thing, and we don't really talk about his point blank refusal to go out on a loan deal. So again, that's just some, it's just something else that he, he did that's obviously pissed the manager off and it's gone against basically just pissed in his face again. So maybe he's finally said, well, maybe he's maybe, maybe shown he's starting to turn a corner. Why did he have to go to Palace though? I really want them to go down. I know. I want them to go down as well, but I think... Well, Look at a sentence. They'd have been fucking straight there now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is the other thing. This is the other thing. Why was there not more clubs in for him? And that's the other question. Well, is that ask. the reputation now going before him, Dave? It maybe is. It's, is it's, it the reputation? Is it something to do with the wages as well? Because I doubt Liverpool want to be paying much of a contribution. Like they're pay- uh, Palace are paying all those. Palace are paying all those wages. Well, there you go. Because he's on eight, probably on eighty grand a week. I say. Yeah, he, Palace yeah. are paying all his wages. They pay two million quid. I um, as a transfer or as, as, a, a loan as, a, fee? as a loan fee. And you're absolutely right. What you're saying, Neil. If he came from, he came from Paris Saint Germain, and he was their captain there. So I would say yeah, he'd be on at least like seventeen, eighteen million. So yeah. yeah so it's got to be at least 75, 80 grand a week, like you'd think. So that's the guts of what four four million pounds for six months. I think he signed yeah. an extension at the end of thirteen fourteen or, or maybe fourteen fifteen. It could well have done. So I'd say he's well paid. There's no doubt about that. Like, and I, I can't see you know your Bournemouths and Burnleys aren't going to be aren't going to be in for him. And your Stokes are already shelling out shitloads to Shakiri and Arnautovic and whatever. Like, and you have the, the fact as well. The club came out and said he will not leave for under twenty million. So the put the put. I think set, rightly so. Um, you know, they they put the light of marker down with that, and maybe in January, you know, like your your Crystal Palaces and whatnot, would they have twenty million to spend in January? No, I mean, the, the Allardyce would be much more of your pragmatist anyway, kind of your try before you you buy if you have that option, like just fucking bring him in for two million, and if he does really well, you really want him, then fucking make them make them an offer in the summer. You know, you, you can see him starting straight away, like no two ways about it. He'll. Start I could I I could. I, I could have seen a West Ham coming in for him or something. I'm, I'm surprised someone like Billage wasn't more they're, interested. They're, given, they're saving their money their for storage. <laughs> Maybe hopefully, there. Hopefully but, they're saving yeah. their money. Lots of money for storage. They're still not in trouble this season, like either. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're bad shape. I'll tell you something else. Who could have who could have done with them? Leicester City. Yeah, fucking right. Because they're bad shape too. They yeah, really, they could, I, get, I, they could know, really they, get dragged into the, the battle. I, I mean, I think they're already dragged in. I think they're the same points as Borough. Yeah, they're 20, I think they're 24, don't 
I think there's maybe only 21. I don't know. Let me see. Uh, 21 points. There are only two points above the drop zone. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I fancy Hull to stay up now, I have to say. Oh, I don't of, course, of course they I get their second win the now. Results. I mean, the thing, thing about them is I think actually we could go there and beat them, but they could still get results against the teams in and around them because I think your man Silva's a decent tactician, like, and he'd pick up some points. But I think um, I think before Palace went in for Sacco, and I don't know if they signed anyone else on deadline day, they looked, to me, very precariously positioned. I mean, I know they're still in the bottom three. Swansea have started winning a few games. They've climbed out of the fucking bottom three. Their level with Leicester. Sunderland yeah. looked na- look nailed on to go down. Aye, they're fucked. Do you know what? Yeah, Sunderland, have, Sunderland have been relegated for three years. They just haven't known it. Yeah. And this is the year it's finally going to kick in, you would think. Yeah. Unless they somehow reproduce that fucking ridiculous end of season form. And then Markovic can't start against us at the weekend. Sure he can't? No. No, that's a Premier. Not. I think that's a Premier League rule. Actually. Yeah, somebody said that today around that um, that that all loans. It is because it's it's against it's it's the idea that you know you could uh, what's the word theoretically help your parent club. Oh, playing. true enough. You could match yeah. six. Of course you could. Of course you yeah. could. Yeah. But I, I would have been, I would have worried if if he'd have been starting. Jesus, he's a, if ever ever a kid had a point to prove against us, he's the man. Because yeah, that's another tra- thing though. We treated him like playing. shit. We've treated them through like two eras, the, B, the, the the Rogers era and Klopp era, we've treated them pretty badly. Like I would love to see him do well for Hull and then, you know, you never know. Because, I mean, basically what he has to prove is that he, he can play in the Premier League. I don't think it. I don't think it looks good for him. No, and I say no, that me, because me neither, I, particular, either. But didn't he? Didn't he hit the post against United? I didn't see the game, but I heard that yeah. he hit the post. But I think didn't wasn't he on look wasn't he alone at Sporting for the first half yeah. of the season and that and even go well like, and that didn't go well and I is that not where did we was it Benfica we bought him from was Benfica yeah so yeah, I don't yeah. know whether that had something to do with it but if it, you know if he he was a star like he was a star in Portugal yeah, yeah. he was I a remember star Marco Lopez go, waxing lyrical about him whenever he was coming he was so excited about him so it was the logical place to send him on loan to try and get his career back on track, and it still didn't work. So, but is Marco is where's is Marco Silva Portuguese? Yes, I want yeah, to say yes. Was, I think he is. Like I think he's I think different. he is. He was was he, he was it was he a Porto or Braga or somewhere? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Markovic isn't Portuguese, but you know, maybe that'll he's been help. Been there long him. enough, you would imagine he's picked enough yeah. of, of it up. Like to be fair, yeah. So you never know; it might help him. But it's funny when you look around and you think it's the likes of Sack when you think of the likes of Markovic, and they actually are still our players. Yeah, <laughs> and, I know. and Danny Ings, and Danny Ings is still our player, and Joe yeah. Gomez. Yeah, at least he I mean, can at least he can yeah. walk now. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that, that's about all he can do at the minute, mind you. Yeah, it's uh, going to take him a long time to get back. It's a fucking horrible yeah. injury. And then another pretty nasty yeah. one right afterwards, too. Yeah. Uh, it's not the kid's fault, like, but, uh, you know, it's it's those... Like, he's basically lost a year of football at that age. It's not... It, it would worry me go long term, you know. He, he, I'm not suggesting he should have been playing every game or anything, but natural development, losing a full year at, what's, 18, 19? It's, it's a long time to be out. Yeah, and you know what, Dave? That fucked us at the start of the season as well when we talk about the transfer window and how well prepared were we because we expected to have Ings for the season and we expected to have Gomez for the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that. 
and, and, and you, you know, know, as I said, I listened back to I, I listened back to one of the, the old pods there, and that's exactly what was being said. You know, whenever we were complaining about Milner starting at left back and what was going on and why weren't we signing the left back, and then it came up, does he think that Gomez is the cover right across the back four? Because we were looking at Klein, and at that, at that stage we were we would have been talking about Connor Randall being our uh, our backup uh, right back. Yeah, but Trent. that's already improved just yeah. organically throughout the season with Trent, hasn't it? Oh, it has widened out. There's potential in that kid. I'm prepared to give him time. Um, uh, his, the delivery into the box, he's a fucking great cross on him, that kid. I'm, I'm fairly confident that he, him, Ojo and Ajaria have the potential to really make it at the like. Um mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily to be stars or how high they're seeing this but I've seen enough in them that, Neil, if uh, we've got a few squad players out of it right? you know what I mean even we've got a good yeah. few verts real squad players not Jordan Ives yes. real and Jordan Henderson like, people like that you know yeah. real players <laughs> people that can really make actually make a difference though not yes people who can contribute alleys. Yeah. yeah people who can contribute from the bench but yeah, but I, I fuck a bit of Jarry. He's just is he is he is he done for the season now? Did he get injured? He, uh, did he rupture something in his ankle? I think I don't know how serious it is, but oh, uh, that's right. Klopp mentioned it that he played on and he didn't realize, and then the next yeah. Day. So that can either yeah, be a good so. thing or it can be a bad thing. I don't know because fucking Danny Ings played on and then he was out for a year against Spurs, didn't he? Uh, you you know you wonder with things even. You know, given the history of injury, and the, the lads had no luck, like absolutely, and him and Gomez. But when you see that happen in, in quick succession, you wonder. You know, when you look at the storages of this world. It, you know, they just keep getting injured. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, some people are bad have bad luck. I mean, like, do, does anybody know Danny Ings? Mean? Does anybody know what Danny Ings' injury record was before he came to us? Even no, I, I don't know. I think he may have had an injury before, but not that. I wouldn't know for sure. I don't know. It wasn't anything. It couldn't have been anything as serious as those That's two. That's serious, no. But um, it's I mean, not. We remember fucking players like John Woodgate or Darren Anderton or yeah, how so many of them? Jamie fucking Redknapp. You know um, what I mean? How many of them? Yeah. And like Anderton, the and, like Anderton in his day was a fucking great player, but he just was never this player. It, it, it reminds me just of the, the Sturridge thing all over again. You know what I mean? It, like, Anderton. Do you remember him in Euro 96? The, whenever Venables was playing yeah, the wing I mean, that was when he was He was, was fucking like, magnificent. Yeah, and everybody was saying, oh, well, why, why is he picking him? Oh, he's obviously his favourite. He's a Spurs player. He's always favourite. And he was fucking brilliant. He was amazing. The entire tournament. He's probably England's best player, that tournament. But well, then, And that was England. Probably England's and that was best probably England's, tournament as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably the last one. The last one where they were actually any good. No, at all. apart from, apart from the Graham, apart from the oh, Graham sorry, Taylor era. Sorry, I'm thinking it was the 80s. The, ni- the 90s, the 90s were were a decent era for the England team. And World Cup 90, it, uh, Euro 96, and the Huddle fucking uh, 98. Ah, but the two good were, were they did all right, the didn't they? Quarterfinals? Did the, they the quarterfinals in 98? Well, they got knocked out by Argentina, I think, with the second round. But they were fucking. The, the oh first yeah, that was that was that was, was Simeone did. Uh, Simeone did. That was Simeone did Beckham. That's Simeone right. I think did that was Beckham, Beckham and 
David so, Barry missed a penalty, I think. Alan Shearer elbowed the keeper while Saul Campbell scored a disallowed goal, didn't he? Oh, that's <laughs> right. And, yeah, and then it went to, went to pens, and of course England lost. But it's still, you, do you remember that England-Germany game? In that York? was the day I wrote my Maz Korov. <laughs> I'm sure you were part of it. The day I passed my driving test. <laughs> right, oh, right. The good sea cele- celebrating heartily, then did you? Yeah, uh, so it. Uh, Don't drink and drive, children. So it didn't go down too well. I remember fucking having to walk into the fucking oh, living room. Our very own Bobby like, Firmino. Oh, Jesus Christ! I wasn't even drinking and driving, just raking, like just raking the back road and stuff, like. Ah, you. Fucking cabbage. I, I miss raking the back roads. Like everything's sand here. You can't rake anywhere, you know. So, well, you can rake it literally, but you can't rake yeah. the car. <laughs> no, that, I remember that Germany game in that uh, Euro 96. I keep calling it the 86. So. That, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was still one of the best games. Like, that was still one of the best games. And you always knew the Germans had them. But, <laughs> and well, especially when it went to penalties. But it was just. It was your man Stefan Kuntz who equalised for them. Yes, it was. And of course, they pronounced it cunts. <laughs> I think they were trying to pronounce it everything but cunts. And then but the was, day it, they was, were... it David, it was David Plate, was it? Was it David Plate? And cunts there, scores for Chelsea. <laughs> yes, good goal from cunts. <laughs> oh, dear. The best thing about Euro 96 was United signed Karl Poborski and we signed Patrick Berger. It was yeah, the best yeah, thing about Euro 96. Yeah, yeah. we got the fucking better deal out of that. That was a great tournament, you know, thinking back. It really was a great tournament. It was an excellent uh, tournament. And yeah. It was a fucking brilliant summer. I mean, I was fucking 16 and the weather was decent in Belfast for once. And and you at least knew one person who could get you a carry out. 100%. You were just on the piss the whole fucking summer watching the fucking football. Yeah. Great time, like. Great fun. Nostalgia. Anyway, I know. Here, listen, what did you think of the Chelsea game? Honestly, because I thought, I thought we were really quite good. Sort apart from, apart yes. from the fucking free kick debacle, which I don't even know where to start. But I thought over the 90 minutes, I thought we were quite good. And I thought we made probably the clearest cut chances we've made in probably four or five matches. We're still shit at like, finishing them. But yes, I agree. Yeah, but yeah. really good, clear cut. Like Firmino's two chances, fucking hell. Well, the first one, particularly. I mean, the header's difficult. I mean, just try and head it down at least. But you do when Aldum showed him how yeah. to do it in the first yeah, half. Yeah, absolutely, he did. He did indeed. Just head it down. Like the the first one, the one where he absolutely skies it. Fuck me, it's a gift. You would yeah. put your house on him to score that as well. Like he's time to take a touch as well. Courtois already on the fucking ground but when is it comes that to his a foot. Symptom? Is that a symptom of him not being an out-and-out number nine striker? Because he's not. Well, probably. I, I don't know what happens there. I think you give him that chance ten more times and he scores nine of them. Like. And, and, and believe you me, that's no slight in the guy because we need him in the team. But if if we're relying on him to do the donkey work that he does, like, you know, that's that's just a ball magnet. He, come, he, he has no right to come out of some of the challenges with the ball that he does. Um, yeah, hold on. Right. Well, listen, listen, to me, listen to this. Was the header he missed not... Almost identical to the header he scored against Swansea. Swansea was it not almost oh, an identical it, it chance? Was it, but the difference is right. The header it stuck against that Swansea, one right in the corner. Uh, but the header against Swansea was 
from one of Hendo's balls where he hits it first time and there's a lot of pace on the ball and for me, you know, it's right on his forehead and he makes it so he can get good power on it. This is Mane and he's in a he's in a tight spot. And he's yeah, he's shifted a wee bit. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. He just flicks it in and he can't get the pace. So instead of heading it down, which is what he should do, he tries to get power on it, on it and sort of hits, heads it too well and it's a chest height, like straight in the court wide. Well, I'll tell you one thing that annoyed me in that game. We scored on 57, I believe. Yeah. And I, for my money, I'd have had fucking money, right, get the fuck on. You know, this is us now. And he waited about eight or nine minutes, I think, before he brought him on. He came on at 65, I think. Uh, but yeah. just, that was the time. I, I, you know, for, I, I appreciate he knows what he's doing, I don't. But I would have put him on right away, because that was us tail up straight away, equalised. Then give but he must have... He was strapped, wasn't he, as well? So he must have thought. Well, he did, like, he did that in the warm up. I think he did that in the warm up. Yeah, I, Dave, I get what you're saying, and I think I think it showed a real statement of intent. If you if you stick him on right yep. away, if as soon as we score, you say right, Sadio, away and get warmed up there. You'll be on in the next two minutes. Before before first, they have a chance to get themselves set again, throw something different yep. at them. First time, first time the ball is out of play from the kickoff, you're on. But in saying that. Maybe did it play into his head? Well, I'm taking I'm taking Coutinho off, and, he, and maybe he was going to take Coutinho off. And saying that, I don't think really any of the front three had a very good game. No, I don't think Coutinho was great. I don't think Firmino was great. Even his misses aside, I don't think he was great. And Lallana had his poorest game in a while too. So I would say Lallana's last two or three have been pretty much the same, Dave. And, and yeah, well, you know, you don't get the same from him when he's playing he's higher up the pitch. In that position, yeah, but yeah, it'll, be inter- it'll be interesting to see now that we do have the three of them back. What what difference that makes? Do, is that the position that's doing that to him, or is there an actual drop in form? I know a lot of people are making the case that you know, yeah, he, he he's not as effective whenever we see him out uh, in a, for- a more forward or advanced role. But it'll be just interesting to see when he gets back to tucking in again, whether it is for him. I just think he's better with a pitch in front of him. It's the, it's the position. It's the being able to time your arrival into the box. But it's also like who you're playing behind. Because he's, if he's playing in the midfield, then he's got money in front of him making space as well. Like, you know, he's got money for me too. And we now them to arrive at two. So it, the, the whole dynamic changes just by having those three back and fit again because we've had either Mane or Coutinho or Lalana missing since I think it was Watford at home. It's the sixth of no, it's the yeah, it's the sixth of November since the last time we had the four of them in the pitch at the same time. Sixth of November. So what's that? Like three months ago? Three months. Nearly. Yeah. Nearly three months. But you see that that then highlights that you know the lack of quality in the squad to come in and replace so I don't necessarily agree a hundred percent that it's quality. And I know we talked about this the other week. I just think it's players who can do a similar job and have a similar skill set because Lalana's not Manny. He's not even close to being the same type of player as Manny. And Chan's not Lallana, and he's not even close to being the same type of player as Lallana. So, yeah, so, so in reserve, we don't have the quality to cover off those positions. Oh, well, yeah, okay. I think, I think if, it, if it was if it was Henderson get injured, you might just drop Chan in there, and you, it might not disrupt things like a like a like loads. Things at all. You could you could maybe drop a Lallana in for a Wijnaldum or something like that. Uh, well, yeah, but, absolutely. But it kind of falls down when Amani is out. 
for example, because we don't have that pace. We just don't. And it's that four. It's that four, isn't it? It's a, it's a combination. It's all their different attributes together. And like, don't forget, Chan, Chan's been pretty bad at times this season, but when he stepped up, He's been excellent. I think it's about finding the right games for these guys and the roles for them. Games and games. the roles. I think the roles. I think for me, and it be mentioned, I think on another podcast that he when when Emery has a fucking defined role as a position and job to do, he's fucking brilliant at doing it. I think whenever he, he's one hundred percent sure in what he's doing, he's absolutely he can boss a game like he, we've seen him take control of games. Yeah. Like, and I think when it's a, I think he needs a, the challenge side. I think he his his better games are up against the the top teams where there is that real challenge. I think when he has sometimes maybe when he has a bit too much time on the ball, not not really in terms of like thinking about it or anything like that. More more to the point of not playing at absolute full intensity. I think that's when maybe he can have his problems. But I think when against the big clubs against Man City he was great against Chelsea he was great against Villarreal he was great yeah United he was great against Villarreal last season when we needed a win after going behind right at the end of the first leg he absolutely owns the game but there's lads out there Neil's talking about selling him and he's not good enough it's like what the fuck what are you I think he likes the battle nuts though aren't they yeah I think so too I think he likes the battle I think that's what it is there were people out there saying actually there were not that many, but there were one or two saying we should we should be questioning seriously questioning Klopp. We should be thinking about second Klopp. That's how mental. Why did say that? There were one or two. Look, I may I may not like what's going on at the on moment. Twitter like I do, I may not like like it, but I'll tell you what: we are not getting anywhere near Klopp ever again in our current in our current form. No, we not a chance. We need to make it work with Klopp and Klopp will make it work with us. There's no fucking doubt about that. Plus we're doing fucking really well and the progress is fucking obvious. We had a bit of a shitty January, but fuck's sake, everyone has a slump in the season. But all I was doing there was kind of pointing out how ridiculous some people are. And Emery Chan hasn't even hasn't even reached the peak of his career yet. He's twenty three years old. No, 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 near it. You know, he's got in, in three seasons, two seasons. If Chan keeps progressing in this system, in this at, at this club, we're gonna have a monster on our hands. Like, yeah, there's definitely a player in there. There's no doubt about it. And you're Dave. You're right. In what you're saying. I think it's it's we need we need to we need to be selective in which games he plays and which games he doesn't and which games suit him at this point in time to get the best out of him, I think. Ah, but then the best of him, Dave, generally comes after a run of games. And that's the that's the that's the worry for me. Well I don't um, know. You did know, he not, did he not, no, I, I um if I remember, did we not throw him into the very game last year and he was literally only back from an injury? Yeah. And it was it was question marks, question marks if he was even going to start or not. Yeah. So yeah, so I don't know. I don't know about that. Um but if I'm gonna be honest with you on on Saturday, I don't really want to see him in the side. Yeah, but but this is what I'm going to say to you. When he came on against Villarreal, he was already in that team. He would have been our first eleven. He hasn't got that this season, so he doesn't. Well, he's, he's had, had it pretty much. He's season. had it pretty much the last three months. Well, because since he came back from his injury, yeah, really, yeah. he has kind of had it. If, if if you think about it in like real amateur amateur league football terms, his first sub. No matter who is, no matter who's missing, he's generally first sub. 
You know, if it's Mane missing, that's because we're moving exactly. But if it's Mane missing, it's not Sturridge or Origi. It's generally we'll put Chan in, and then we'll put Lallana up there. You know? Yeah, but right, okay. But listen to me, right? We're, we're sitting in a position now where we can actually feel probably our best team uh, this weekend, more or less. And you've got that midfield, and all of them there are fit. You've Henderson, you've Gigi, you've Can, and you know that you've Lallana. Basically, for, for the position, what, what three are you playing? Yeah, well, if you're playing Holloway, you're maybe going with Lalana, Hendo, and Wijnaldum. I'm not maybe doing anything, Neil. I'm absolutely doing that. Yeah, because I mean, you've got the dynamism, you've got the pressing, you've got the the intensity from all of them. Um, you've got the speed of movement um, and the, and the speed of passing. So I think that's it. I that. think it's as simple as. It's how quickly we move the ball in games against teams that are going to sit deep and and, and close the space. Exactly, or even even teams like Hull, who while they are, are uh, on, on a bit of an upward trend, they generally the quality of the player isn't as good, and their speed of thought isn't as quick as those players that we're talking about now. Whereas an Emery Chan, you really you you you're not going to start against Chelsea without Emery Chan in your midfield. You're not going to start against no. City without Emery Chan in your midfield. He's and, a darn and Fletcher. So on, so yeah, you, you, well, <laughs> I, I hope he goes. Not better. I hope he goes on. We both better than Darren Fletcher. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, do you know what I mean? Though. But, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you tell or, or no, or like Park or Park Ji Sung, for example. Where you Ferguson, need, yeah. he always used to throw those two in the big games. And you're saying, "Well, why is he not playing him? Why is he not playing him?" Well, if it's a big game, I'm just going to play Darren Fletcher, and I'm going to play Park Ji Sung. I'm just going to do it every time. And for about five years, Ferguson did that nonstop for, what, for mm, whatever reason. You're, what, what, you're, what you're not taking into the equation, Dave, is the quality of players around. Can carry can carry that for well, someone doing a Pacific job. Well, yeah. At the minute, I don't think we can have a Pacific job doer because the team works for each other. Or the, the 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 idea, the basis of what we're trying to do is everyone working for each other. Whereas Ferguson used to have that, you know, by the time Fletcher came on, generally the fucking games were, were won. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to get into an argument with you. Not tonight. No, <laughs> that's not an argument. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I that's think, right. I think Chan like, offers what you, he offers physicality. He offers a really good reading of the game for me. A, an, actual, an actual defensive mind, which is something that John Henderson doesn't have, despite despite his um, other attributes and despite his, his kind of willingness to get around the pitch, he doesn't read the game defensively in the same way that Emery Chan does. And I think that he's, he's very, very tactically switched on. And against those real quality midfields, they're physical. And you need the physicality. You need the read of the game. You need the defensive mindset. And, you know, he's got quality on the ball. He's hard to knock off the ball. Um, so all those things against teams that are really going to kind of battle you in the midfield and look to kind of dominate games against you, you, you want Emery Chan there. Whereas when you're playing against a team that's going to sit a bit deeper and doesn't offer as much of a threat going forwards and isn't as intense in the middle of the park, you want these players that can shift the ball around quicker, get around these slightly, slightly less good, slightly worse players. Neil, it's for me. It's not even that he's not moving around the pitch quick enough. All I want him to do is move the ball quicker. That's all I want him to do when I watch him play. And it frustrates me. And I don't, I I just, I don't understand why it needs to be 
three or four or five or six or the other night against Chelsea, there was one point where he hit the ball on the edge of the box and he was going to pass it to, I think it was Klein or Lalana out the right and he could have passed to him but he held on to it and he held on to it and took an R-touch, took an R-touch, took an R-touch, took an R-touch and then he passed it to him and it was the same pass that he could have made like five touches before he did it and I don't, I just don't understand why he can't get it into his head that just, do you know what, just play the first pass you see just play the first pass you see and move into the space. It's all you need to do. And all those other brilliant players around you will help because when you get the ball back, they'll be available. And because you're moving into the space, then you'll be available for them. And it's that movement and it's that quickness of the passing that enables you to get in behind defences. And I think that's what he is lacking at the minute. And I think it is an easy fix, but I don't think there's an awful lot else missing in his game. Yeah, I mean he's he's not he's not he's not a one or two touch player, is he? And I think he, you're right. He needs to sort of bring that more into his game, and just keep things moving a little quicker. But he's got so many attributes, and and you you, you sort of see that potential there. That with the right tweaks, you know, it's tantalising quite how good he could yet go on to be like. A hundred percent. I think the gaps in his game at the minute are things which can easily be coached. It's not like he's naturally missing something. Yeah, maybe you could argue you'd like him to be a little bit more mobile. But other than that, you know, he's pretty much got it all. He just needs to be able to adapt, uh, to, to learn to move the ball faster and see if he can do that. You're right, we've got a potential fucking monster in our hands. No, but we've been saying that for like the past, you know, that, that we do have a monster in our hands. But it's just like, to me, this season, I just, He's been underused. I know there's been injury and whatnot in there. To me, he's in front of Henderson every time, every week. I, I think, again, I don't, I, I don't think the system suits him. I don't think we'll get the best out of him playing that way. I think he, he excelled last year when we played that 4-1-4-1 formation as one of the two in the middle. Um, and that was when we saw the best of him. And I almost think his position somewhere between where Wijnaldum and Henderson play. If that makes well, any sense, will we will we see the best of him ever yeah, again? I don't know. I mean, this, the, I don't know. This seems to be what Klopp wants to play. Is this fourth? Yeah, uh, fourth, I think, fourth I think we will, and I think it's a constant evolution. I mean, we made quite a few. You know, obviously January was a different story, but I mean, it was the same for all the big clubs. Really, every club, yeah, very little movement, but. Like, in the summer, is, it, is it even worthwhile the window anymore in January? Nah, no, it's it pointless. It's pointlessness, become pointless. I mean, there was a time where it was worthwhile. I mean, there was a, there was a time where people were making fucking beaver signings from nowhere and whatever, and it was making a real difference to the second half of seasons and stuff. But if you look at, at that last window, that's that looks like the death knell, really, for the January transfer window. We'll have to wait and see, but... Going back to the going back to the summer, there were, were loads of outs. We had Jim White's the, wife wasn't too happy. <laughs> he, he had no on string on stream climax. He had to go home to her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fuck's sake, she was bracing herself that night, like. <laughs> uh, but uh, like anyway, um, there were so many outs. We had so much dead wood to strip away, like, and there were plenty of ends as well. But even then, you're still looking at club. Not a hundred percent knowing the players, not a hundred percent knowing what he can he can expect to get out of the the academy and the young players as well. Being very conscious of only being in in domestic competitions, and so on and so forth. Also, famously quite you know quite famously like in a small squad and so on. So it's not just just circumstance, but basically what I'm saying is, 
you don't have a full squad. They are plus players. You don't have a full, like was mentioned earlier, we don't have the players to come in and fill in with the same skill sets as the players that are missing. So you're hoping that, and you're you're believing that evolution will again occur in the summer, and some of the players that don't necessarily fit the system are moved on, and other players are brought in, or or alongside that. Well, here, here's one for you, Dave. Dave yeah. and I, well, two two nights ago, we we sort of dissected who could possibly go and you know how many we would need in in the summer and the expenditure and so on hypothetically just throwing it around and whenever you realize what needs to go out this summer as well and the likelihood of them going we need a fucking hell of a lot of players if we if, if we do achieve champions league yeah we will do we will do but if you think i mean if you think of the, the nucleus of the team you, you but then that, that add in the question of you know he can't find the players to sign to fit the model, and so he's not signing them. Will that leave us scarily light? I think that's only really applicable. Yet. I think it's only applicable to this window. I don't think it's yeah. necessarily applicable to the summer window. I think Maybe we know, and, and I and I also think that, um, but the availability of, of certain players in, in in the summer, you may also see the system slightly tweaked. You know, you may you may see that uh, with the players available, he feels that this is absolutely the best that he, he can get from them, no matter what combination of them. They've trained this, they've worked this, and this is what he, what he feels he can get. But if he can get the more players that he wants in in the summer, and again, the squad evolves, and some of the players who haven't quite come up to standard or don't quite fit into his way of thinking or moved on, then theoretically, you have a squad where you do have like-for-like like replacements. You do have the same skill sets. You do have the ability, hopefully, to play a couple of different systems. You do have a, a squad there that's ready to compete in elite European competition. Uh, so there are no excuses. There's no, oh, well, we don't need to go out and sign another left-back because blah, blah, blah. It is, no, we do need to go out and sign a left-back because we're in this competition, we're in this competition, and we want to compete in all of them. So you hope that, given that this window was was largely defunct and the last January window was completely defunct except for fucking Stephen Coker on loan because Klopp had only been in the country a couple of months and didn't know any better and used him as a striker yeah. bizarrely yeah. <laughs> um, you know so basically he's only had one active transfer window so far so I mean you're looking at the summer and you're thinking there have already been noises that it's going to be another big window and you're hoping that next season that uh, you're going to see further evolution and a squad that's better suited, better equipped and ready to, to compete at the highest level. I think I only want to see four. Four additions, but who do you think is going to go? I mean, for me, I mean, I think you're looking at you you 100% need, I would say you need two centre-backs. So that's two of the four. And the left-back. Like. <laughs> right. I'm running slots here. Carry yeah. on. We need a replacement for Sturridge. We need a replacement for Lucas. Who else did we throw out the other night, Dave? I forget. <laughs> we fucking threw quite a few of them into the fire. Well, I mean, I, I'm Kev Stewart can be your, your Lucas replacement, like if you want a third choice fucking... I'd rather have Lucas, I think. Uh, I'd rather not. Yeah, so would I, actually. I, yeah, I know what you mean. Dave, absolutely. We, we need, I'd say, two centre-backs. You're right, we need a left-back. We definitely need central midfielder. One, if not two. Or two. Yeah, exactly. We definitely need further. Uh, I would say we need another striker and another um, 
Casey forward like uh, Manning style. So I mean that was well. There is there is that chance of Julian Brandt, yeah. um, Which which uh, seems to be well. There's light in it. There's hope in it anyway. Uh, Whether it comes to anything is is another matter. But there's a possibility of that. There is the you know I know Neil. You and I had talked about uh, the possibility of maybe the last day of the transfer window going mad and going for the hood just as a just just as a chance. But I know Dortmund are looking at. Um, Okay, so I'll I'll. I'll maybe I'll maybe raise you to five. So okay, so I think yes, a centre half, obviously. Um, I don't think we need two. I think you're looking to Gomez to be the second one once he's a preseason yeah, under his belt. Yeah, yeah. I think yes, a left back. I think. Or do we do do we say Gomez is the backup left left back as well? Like Moreno has to. Here's another one. He doesn't trust Moreno. Uh, I think Mare- I think Moreno's fine sitting there as a number two for next year, whether he wants to or not, is another matter. But I think he's fine. And, and, and isn't it that. funny that he only ever tr- he only ever trusted Moreno with Sacco beside him? Speaks volumes as well. It does. I don't know about Gomez though. I don't. I think he's more of a defender, and I think in a, a, a traditional back four, then yes. But I don't think in that side he could do that job. I'll say one midfielder because I'm hoping that. Ajaria can come in and be the second because I think. Well, where's Grudzik? Does well, Grudzik, well, do you know what? That's another good shout. He's still injured. He's still. I, I think. I think it's probably going to be later in the season, if at all. Um, but again, he's only oh. a kid, so there's another one that you can consider should hopefully be pushing for first team action okay, next another, year. Another another kid that's missed a, basically a whole season through injury, like. Yep. Yep. What are we doing to them? Oh, I don't know. Part, ask, ask the fucking, ask the, the the fitness egg. He might be able to tell you. Um, yeah, man, it's been going on for years, though. Like we just, I mean, it happens to Arsenal. It, happens it to just happens, you know. Fuck's yeah. sake, Arsenal have this. Players. Arsenal have this reputation of just injuring every player they ever get their hands on. So it does. It happens. Um, and then I think. You, as I say, one midfielder in a jarry, and then you bring in maybe a central striker and uh, someone who can who, we need who can play wide. But I think if you well, think about it, well, if, you compete, the fucking if you want to compete, if you want to compete in the league, but if you want to compete for the league, for the league title, and you want to compete in the Champions League, and okay, you don't want to win either of the cups, but you don't particularly, no matter how much you don't give a fuck about them, you don't particularly want to go out in the first round of either of them either. So you've probably got plenty or of fixtures. Or Wolves. Exactly. So you you want to you, you play for pride in those competitions and you want to at least get the quarterfinals, semifinals, that kind of thing. If not, And you want not, your youngsters right. to do it for you as well, Neil. That's where you want to see your youngsters coming through to carry you through to the fifth round so, of the I mean, quarterfinals. You are, I'd say you definitely need six because there will be players that go out. I think you definitely... I think Gomez is a, is a decent shout, but if, again, Champions League and... I haven't seen league, enough. Exactly. You want you want I think two centre backs. You definitely want to cover in full back. Somebody hopefully who can play both sides. I mean that would be a Yeah. <laughs> that would be an absolute be massive. You've got Trent there, of course, who's gonna come in. He's definitely gonna make more of an impact. You're hoping Ajaria makes more of an impact next year as well. You're hoping Orgy furthers his career. You don't know what's happening with Sturridge, he could well go. Of course you've got Firmino and Coutinho there, but you need replacements for them. You know, if you're playing Wednesday, Wednesday, Saturday, or Wednesday, Sunday, Tuesday, Saturday, whatever it might be, um, you've got cup matches thrown in there. You've got the ridiculous Christmas fixture list and whatever. Uh, and I think if you don't want to be short, and you're probably looking at a, a couple who are in a, 
Aaron Ryan, the first team squad this year, will move on. Then I think you're looking at at six. I really do. Six or six or seven for my money. You know, because you're gonna you're gonna buy some youth as well over that. Yeah, window, but you know I mean? you're gonna... yeah, but what I said to you the other night, Dave, is that, like I said, I wanted to see like 150 million spent on four players. No, mm. no fucking, no, uh, you know, 12 million pound fucking Fabio Barinis or any of this bullshit. I want to see, I want to see four 30 or 35 million pound players. And but, but if you spread it, if you spread it around, and you say you say 150 million, if a couple of them are centre backs. And one of them isn't the starting centre back. You're probably saving a bit of money there. Like you're probably not spending 25 million on each of them. So you you probably well, get yeah, six let me, let, me make ones it, let me simplify it. Let me simplify it. Forget about the the, the bulk in the squad. Let's just look at first eleven. How many of our first eleven are fit for purpose next season with the the, the demands that may be put upon them? Well, the front three are. Well, the front three are yes, without a doubt. You move into the midfield, you, you you start begging questions, but when you move to the back, yeah, no, well, I mean, I'm happy with the midfield mind. personally. Personally, yeah, I'm I mean, happy with the midfield. I'm ha- happy enough. I I would like personally, I would like another top quality central midfielder, uh, a bit of an all rounder, but somebody who certainly has defensive qualities because I've got question marks over Henderson's fitness and complete nastiness, a complete hateful bastard. Well, a little certainly a, a good streak of cynicism in there. I don't think I, I I think as long as you have that summer in the pitch, it helps. Doesn't necessarily need to be right in the middle of the park. It could be fucking Diego but Costa. It's great when it you know, is. It could, be, it could be Diego Costa leading the line. You know, it could be some fucking Suarez, for example. It could be. It could yeah. be. It doesn't need to be right in the middle of the park. But yes, I, I do take your point. You know, some somebody somebody that winds opposition for like like Costa does does. So I'd be happy with our midfield. I wouldn't be looking to shift anyone out of it, but except for Lucas and Stewart, who. I but those three play. say or say those four, Neil. You're happy with those those four that you would consider and as then you'd add. I'd uh, yeah. Add one more. Yeah, and then you've a Jari. I, I, and then I think you've a Lucas is staying for life. Well, well, if if what you're saying is you have those four, you've got you've got Henderson, Wijnaldum, um, Chan, and and Lallana. You've Grealish and Jari, who you hope will start to break through a little bit more next year, and then you add one more, and that's seven for three. So and then you know, you're covered, you should, and hopefully you've got all the skill sets covered as well, like. Yeah, and I think it, well, when when Aldum, do you guys not think it? You know, he's great at home. He's not so clever away. I'm, I'm not. I'm not is that something on we this. need to start? No, no I, I like him. I think he's. I great. have to say, I like him. I, I think I, he's. I, great. I, don't get me wrong. I like him, but I think we get much more of him. He's a homer. You know what I mean? Um, he seems to be a homer. I don't know. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't. I haven't. To be honest, I mean, he's I would, set, he's, he set some goals up away from home. He hasn't scored away from home, but he was pretty instrumental in. Uh, then he set Lallana up against Arsenal. Yeah, he did. And he was good against Arsenal. He was. Do you know what? He was brilliant against Chelsea. And do you know who he was even better against? He was fucking immense against Everton in the derby at Goodison. He was absolutely yeah. immense. So, in answer to your question, Dave, no. You see, I, I, I class him the same as Klein. Absolutely fine. Reliable, you know, uh, but just lacks that... For me, I, know, I, I said, was, I, I said, think he's other... popping up with big goals. Like, I mean, that goal against City, big goal, yeah. goal against Chelsea. I said, yeah, I said the week before, I thought, I thought he would, I thought he would, would have an impact against City, and I thought he would be important. He fucking popped up with a goal, and I think you're right. I think in the he, end, he... you might find there's a bit of a dark kite between you and Adam, and that he or Lewis Garcia. 
in a way, just just in the sense of we're going to play him at right back. <laughs> yeah, well, just just in the sense that he's gonna um, he's got the knack, I think, of of sco- already scored a few important goals this season, even though or and made important contributions. And you just think that you know he's that kind of player. Maybe he won't set the world on fire all the time, but he'd be a cult hero. I'm pretty sure. I still think I, th- I still I think, think sometimes I feel he's maybe playing within himself a bit. And I think well, he is still in his first season as well. Like, isn't yeah, he? I think some sometimes what he does is a little bit safe, and I think he is still playing a little bit within himself. So I am hoping that next year you'll you'll have a you'll have a central midfielder who can maybe get you double figures from midfield, which would be fucking amazing, um, because that type of thing makes all the difference. So I I I I think you could potentially have that on your hands next year. Well, at both. Lalana uh, La and Wijnaldum can contribute 10 plus from midfield then you're in a good position because you're looking at your front three and you're thinking they, they can contribute 45 between them yeah and then, and then another yeah but your set pieces you've got your penalties etc etc so you're looking at a, a pretty healthy total there and that's before even, that's actually even before making any signings so well do you think we're good for you know we're, we're away in the, we're away in next season like but well, this season, do you think we're good for that top four? Do you think we've got the bottle for it? Because that's my question, Mark. Yeah, I think I think I think it's absolutely in our hands. Do you know what I mean? And I would like to think that we do. I'd like to think that we will go out there and and just win games. Not think about like what the United the United draw there at the weekend for me or, or during the week was was massive. That they didn't close that gap. Yeah, what's well, that? Because my fear, my fear is. Yeah. Having to chase them or City for that top four, you know what I mean. We're still ahead of them. Chase, so yeah. So we're in the box. Got to stay that way now. You do have the fact. You do have the European situation kicking in for those people. It's so significant. It's so significant. And we talked earlier on about the the space we have between games. Now we've got those four back. And don't forget, we we. I'm sorry to interrupt you, man. We 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 play. Spurs, what on the eleventh? I think they yeah, play. That's, that's right. They play in the Europa League three days afterwards. Like, but they don't care about the Europa League. Well, the Europa so League. They say, so they say, but at the end of the day, that's going to be on their mind. You know what I mean? At, at, in, in some way or another, he's not preparing that game thinking I've got eight days till the next one. He's preparing that game thinking I've got I've got a game on Thursday. You know. I think he's looking at that saying, do you know what? We're probably not going to win the league, but that's as, that's an, that's as easy a route into the Champions League as the Premier League is going to be this season. How tight it is. Well, you could have a point on that one, Dave. That's actually not a bad spot. It, it, yeah. it, dep- it just totally depends where he wants to put his priorities. And it'll do, come down to all that art bullshit when they're they're looking at um, their fitness levels and all those all that fucking medical staff and all that carry on. They, um, they abandoned the Europa League last year, supposedly in favour of the league because they wanted to put all their eggs in the league basket. But they fucking dropped off in the league anyway, and they ended up finishing a full ten points behind or even further behind. Left and they ended up finishing in third. Yeah. He did what we did. And, and they could do a lot of damage in that Europa League, to be fair, because that's a nice brand of football. They're, they're good, ways, right? good I don't like sides. them, but fuck, they're a good they're team. Good, if they good, really good, put good. their back into it, they, they could definitely challenge yeah. and get to the final of that competition. And it would be, for me, you know, Dave makes it a really good point, because it would be folly for Pochettino 
especially as a manager whose stock is rising, to again abandon a possible route into the competition that he they desperately want to be in. If he abandons it again and they finish fifth, Another side of the game. What 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 are they going to do? The likelihood of catching Chelsea now, like honestly, you look at the league. They're not they're not losing. It, no, but the conversation The conversation's starting to look like Dave. There's one point that separates second from fifth, and that's yeah. the reality yeah. right now. And that's what the uh, conversation uh, yeah. so, amongst these four clubs is starting to turn to. Yeah, but but for Tottenham. It's a case of look what they did last year. They saw that they were getting the Champions League. Play. Then look what they did with the Champions League. <laughs> Why would you want to repeat again unless he thinks you know the stability of the second year in the Champions League that he can bring in the better quality? You know that it's the second time they've been there. Any time they've qualified before they've fallen straight out of it the next year. The, the, this is massive for Tottenham this season, and, and it's I'm really fascinated to see which way or which baskets he puts his egg into. Spurs. Spurs are it's a weird one with Spurs. They're in they're in a similar position to us with they've got a really strong probably 14. First eleven. Say 14, say 13, 14, and after that they struggle a little bit. And you notice the difference when Kane's out or when Ericsson's missing or when one of the two centre halves is missing, or even one of the fullbacks, because I think they're really important to the way they play. But the thing that I really like about Spurs is people complain about how much how little money Liverpool spend and how miserable our owners are. We have spent significantly more than Spurs in the last five years. Like, significantly more. Uh, but then, you see, you have to take a fucking Rodgers ear into that. And I don't think that's fair to consider that because that was just... Fuck, I could piss money against a wall fucking better than what he did. Regardless, you know what I mean? look, look, I'm not going to get into this now because we're going to end up getting embroiled in this transfer committee fucking horse shit that is, there's, we could go round in circles in for days. But look, forget it. Well, not because the, the buck stopped with fucking Rogers. He, had, he was on that committee and he was the man that was going to use them. The buck stops with him. The rest of them are only there to identify and discuss, in my opinion. Well, we can talk about Ian Eyre as well then. I'm not taking sides for any, for any just. Pointing out that there's lots of con- people to consider when it comes to this type of thing, and it's for me, it's not relevant. It's we spend significantly more than them, and they are in as good a position as we are, and and up until probably this year, a better position than we've been in. So, um, it's it's interesting as to where they're going to go from here, um, but whether they are going to spend that Champions League money that they've earned next year, whether they get into the Champions League, but it's just so vital for teams. I think even more so for for Liverpool and Spurs, who don't have the spending power that City and Chelsea and Manchester United do, because they can still attract players by offering them millions and millions of pounds a year, whereas Spurs, Liverpool and Arsenal, do you agree, almost need to have that Champions League to stand a chance to compete so it's going to be interesting, but I think for us, if we win our next two games and one of them is against Spurs, I think that puts us in the driving seat for a Champions League spot ahead of all the other teams. Oh, it does. Because and, and, and we need at le- we need at least a point the Etihad when that comes along. You've got to be taking something from that as well. I don't, as you you rightly pointed out earlier, Dave. They are they're 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 hitting the ground now. They're beginning to get they're beginning to get the message maybe uh, for the second half of the season. Yeah, and I think. A point there would be would be fucking brilliant. You know, I, I dread that one. I look at that. I look at all the remaining fixtures, and I look at that one. And go, oh fuck, that's that one's scary. Yeah. On another note, uh, Chelsea could lose their next two games. I think they will. 
They play Arsenal and then they play Burnley at away, who have an incredible home record. And then we'll only be like four points behind them. But you see, all they need to do now, Dave, they don't even need to win games. They, all they need to do is just not lose. Well, they can if they don't if they don't lose fifteen games in a row. If they draw fifteen games in a row, I think. Oh, but you know what I mean. They'll 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 they'll, they'll win I know, enough. You know, I know what I mean. I know. It's I like, know. Look, I'm look messing, you look at I'm you look at Conte. I'm messing. Look, look at look, look at. I'm just making a point, but Conte at the at the final whistle. That was like somebody just awarded them ten points. Oh, look, when we he was yeah. fucking punching the air. When we scored, they you, shot you know what I mean? shop. When when we scored, they thought right, that's dead on. We'll just take the draw here, and they did. Right, we're not losing. Yeah, which is, the one thing we're not doing here is losing. Yeah, which is fine. Which is fine. Um, but yeah, they'll probably win the league. There's there's just. <laughs> if they don't win, then it gets their own fault. Nobody else's. Well, I don't know what you're so sad about. You did tip them one of your first podcasts you ever did with you. Like, you I know, I know, but yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, there's still, there's still a long way to go, mate. It's a long way I, to I go. I just can't see, I can't see, can't see them dropping that many points. Well, if I, enough if, for the. If they have a wee blip, you just don't know. But we need to stay ahead or stay ahead of the chasing pack, and then see what happens ahead of us. Oh no, we need we need to be as high up the table as we possibly can to, to, to act as a bit of a bubble. I think next two because games are, are massive. Good. I honestly think the next two games are absolutely huge. They're absolutely huge. Well, if we take six points at the right time, like haven't it? Absolutely, right absolutely, right time, Neil. And you make a great point about about the European football kicking in for Spurs, Arsenal, City, and United. And I, I really I think for United. I mean, we, we talked about Spurs. I I think for Mourinho, it's an even bigger question because they're not in the top four. Yeah. Yes, I mean, they're, they're not yeah. in the top five. Exactly, and and, and they're, they're they're looking the least likely, I suppose. If you if you take what the, what what have, what's been played of the season so far, barring a massive, you know, we, we'll cover it earlier. Like, um, bar a massive upturn, the the Europa League does present an opportunity for them massively. I mean, more so for Spurs, more so than for Spurs, who are is fair, pretty firmly entrenched in the top four and have been actually in great form in the league and and not this kind of. Narrative of United being in form when when they haven't actually done that well, um, you know that draw against Hull last night isn't the first time that they've been held and they've dropped points against teams that um, well would be regarded as weaker. And of course, it's uh, Liverpool who are who are in the news for doing that. But United, have, you know, they, they I think Burnley's only away point came at Old Trafford. Uh, or has come at Old Trafford so far this season. So I mean, they've had plenty of of nights like that and days like that as well. Yeah. Say say that say they don't qualify, Neil. That'll only be one and four that they've qualified for, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, and I mean, and it massively affects, doesn't it? I mean, we've heard about this for a long time, but doesn't it affect their um, their sponsorship deals if they don't qualify for? The yeah, they they all go through the floor. Yeah. Um, they 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 go off the side of a cliff. The money that they earn. Um, so this is huge. I mean, if they're sitting there and Mourinho's sitting there looking and he's he's looking there and he's had his squad and he's, he's molded them a little and they've played now together for six months and you know they had a, a little spell where they've, they've been playing pretty well um, and they're possibly better than they have been for a couple of years, but they've again sort of hit sticky patches and they're by no means hacking up like they've no by no means gone on a run like like Chelsea or Spurs. And he's sitting there going, "Listen, we're we're sixth here, and um, you know these teams above us. Well, they keep on winning, and it doesn't look like two of them are necessarily going to drop out. We we've a lot to make up here, or we've or alternatively, we've got four rounds left in the Europa League, a competition that I haven't really paid much attention to. 
But all of a sudden, but we're here. yeah, exactly. But all of a sudden, it takes on an extra significance. So then, you know, you're first like us last season, Neil. To be fair, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, and that's exactly what happens. You win, so you win your second round match. Yeah, and it's a big game because no matter what what competition it is, it's a European game. It's a night game. Your ground is full. It's under the floodlights. People have turned up extra to watch this. You know, they've paid extra money. They bought separate tickets and whatever to go to this. So you got to put on a show. So by the very definition of the, 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 the situation, it becomes a bigger game than perhaps you want it to be. So therefore, you don't want to lose that game because that, you know, there are press conferences that come afterwards. And, you know, it at least goes around Europe. It's a European competition. And it, and it affects momentum also for the, for, for the other goal that you have is trying to stay in touch with the top 100%. Four. Keep the momentum going. 100%. So you put a bit of effort then, more effort, more emotion, in your Europa League game, you're a bit more drained than for the weekend. So you're putting out maybe a slightly weakened team, or you're trying to put out the same lads who are perhaps a little jaded after the after the midweek game and so on. And maybe you don't lose the game, but maybe you draw. So you drop two points, and then it becomes even more of a question. Shit, we're two points further behind. I I think I. You're trying to you back in the league. What do we do? He's make he's make a really good point, and I I think if you look at it. Mourinho is essentially at this point in time. If and I, he strikes me as a, a reason as, as as mental and ridiculous as he can be. He strikes me as a reasonably logical guy underneath all the the bravado deflection. Yeah, the, the pragmatist. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. And I think I think he'll he'll look at that Europa League, and I think he I think he back himself. I think he totally back himself two legs against. Is it is it three more rounds? Three more rounds of two legs and two legged affairs. Three to those rounds, he'll back himself against that other team and that other manager. And if he gets the and if he gets the cup final, but and the thing is though, Dave, he's not just relying on himself. He's relying on other teams to to, to trip up and to, to make mistakes. So within that cup competition, he is solely backing himself and not relying on anybody else. And I think that that's somewhere where he feel he can excel. So I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to drop if you're going to drop another two points that he will he'll take that decision just to switch to the Europa League and that will be his priority. I but no, but is his priority like given like on a personal level? Forget about Manchester United. Here, I'm talking about Jose Mourinho. When was the last time he won something? And there's been questions about him. You know, has the star fallen? He was special once. Things like that. I'm sure a man of his ego will want to win something as well, and that's probably his best shot. Imagine the Carling Cup final. Cup probably is. Yeah. He loves that but I don't think from Yeah, he does, but I don't think that puts his star back, Dave, if you know what I mean, the same way as a Europa League would. No, it wouldn't. But fuck him, I don't like him. Okay. And if you could care. do both, well, that would, be a, that would be a successful season. You know what I mean? Oh, I would say they'd be over the moon with Absolutely. it. Do you know winning, what either, winning either yeah. is, is, is slightly underwhelming, but winning both, that would be something, and certainly winning the UEFA would be more of a more of a feather in the cup than than winning the the Capital One Cup or whatever it is now. What is it? Is it the Capital One? It is. I think it's sure. the EFL what? Cup, isn't it? Oh fuck, so it is. It's changed the game. Uh, English football. League it's just the league. So cup. essentially, you could just initials. call it the League Cup. So like they used to. Call it the league. Yeah. Yeah, but here, do you know what's really? Do you know what's really ironic here? See if Mourinho decides to do that, it'll be vintage Mourinho where he deflects. All yeah. the attention away from the league performance because he won the League Cup and got into the Champions League via the Europa League. 
Yep. Not bad. But <laughs> not bad. But but you you'd be you'd be curious to know just you know what what are the pressures he's under you know as as you rightly pointed out like about the uh, you know the sponsorship deals and everything he's under a massive amount of pressure to get into that Champions League by hook or by crook and I'm just really starting to think about this and it's like fucking hell he can't not take it seriously he'll have to take it seriously because of the position they were there and I mean if they were you know five points clear in second then it would be a different different kettle of fish but. With the position they're in, and the strength of the teams above, and the fact that you know it's it's looking pretty likely that Man United have got it all to do to finish in the top four because they've not got the, the handiest of run-ins either, you know. So <laughs> it's a it's a big deal, and I think you're right as well that you know Mourinho sort of made his name in Europe, didn't he? In European competition, he won the Europa League with, with Porto, didn't he? And then he won the Champions League with Porto, and you know he, he won the the Champions League with. Um, Enter as well, so I mean, yeah, but but he was special. Yeah, he's I mean, not the, special anymore, and that's I think for for him personally, that's yeah. what he wants it, back because he he is more of a a, a, a character of ridicule. Yeah, he's getting that way, else. becoming becoming a caricature of himself, and he needs to put the sparkle back um, somewhere or another. And I think you're right. I think he will back himself. Two legs. It's three rounds, and then the final. So three rounds, two legs against some good teams, certainly. But not Europe's elite clubs. Um, you've spent a lot of money there. He has the squad that's capable of doing it if he can get if he can work it out. So I mean, uh, I think um, the Europa League will take on much more significance for United in the second half of the season than it than it did in the first. It's funny this the way the Europa League switches now with the 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 Champions League third place teams dropping into it because they're in that weird position where they're like. They're like better than the Europa League teams, but they're not as good as the, the like really good Champions League teams. They're almost like Robert Earnshaw, where he was too good, where he was like too good, <laughs> too good, too good, good for the championship, but not too good for the championship, not good enough for the Premier League. So David Nugent here, because yeah, I'd be there was somebody else who was the other one. Can't remember now. There was somebody else we talked about earlier on too. Oh, uh, Andros Townsend, him. Um, so oh, yes. it's it's weird. I. Oh, but the Iron Shield's a great shape. I'd be interested <laughs> to know how many teams won the Europa League in the last X amount of years who, who actually started the competition. Sevilla? No, I'll, did I'll they answer, not, did they not start the Champions Sevilla. League last year? <laughs> this year? No, I don't no, think they did. No, they didn't. Did they not win the Europa League the year before? No, they didn't, because they've only three spots in, in Spain. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's Athletic, uh, Real and Barcelona pr- probably every year. It's only since Sampali took over there that, that they're looking to break into that company. And it was last season they got into the Champions League on the oh, back I of the Europa, Europa League, League against I thought us. the one the Europa League the year before. Was that the one year in the last 10 that didn't win it? Uh, well, you see, the thing about it is they've qualified second phase now, Champions League. So there will be, a, there'll be somebody different winning it this year. Again, that presents another opportunity for the likes of United or Tottenham. Yeah, they're a good side. Anyway... And you know, put it like this: I, I would, I would have Tottenham going deeper than United, unless they play United. But here, no, I suppose they are. They are well, they are, it's not that they haven't played Old Trafford. Don't they? Spurs never won at Old Trafford ever in their history. Even when they do win, they get goals disallowed. No, there's that. And they always, they, you know, they always used to go there just at the time when United were tying up a league as well. And you always wanted them to do something for you, and they always fucked it up big time. <laughs> I remember in the fucking. I think it was the George Graham era. They were fucking 3-0 up at half-time. They were spanking them. And then fucking United came out in the second half and put five past them. 
one five three. And it was that's right. Fucking losers. Yeah. It was the same in the Martin Jolly era when they were playing Chelsea. Every time they played Chelsea, they fucking collapsed or contrived to lose. I remember a cup game where they went fucking two 0 or even maybe three 0 up and contrived to fucking lose the game or draw it three three or something like. Just absolute fucking collapse merchants until very very recently. It's so weird. Teams like that. Did, did you ever? Did you ever see that thing with Benfica in like European finals? Yeah, they have one one or something. They played. The, 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 it's like their last the, seventeen fact seventeen finals since the sixties or something. They haven't won one, and apparently they sacked their coach in nineteen sixty four. So I kind of I don't I don't know. Um, and he he put a curse on them to say they'd never win another trophy, and they've lost seventeen finals or something like that since then. It's just bizarre. So maybe someone's cursed Spurs. I don't know. I, I think they curse themselves. They get themselves into great spots and they just can't close it. But we're a bit like that ourselves. Right, guys, I think we'll just leave it there for the meantime. And uh, again, not a very structured pod, but hey-ho, we've covered a lot of shit in there. Um, just to close it up, thanks, guys. Run around the table here quickly and where we can find you. Anything you're doing, anything you want to plug, Dave? Um, no, thanks. Yeah, no, thanks. There you go. Can't beat that. Neil, yourself, no thanks. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, uh, you can catch me on Twitter if you want at Neil nineteen eighty. Uh, we also did the first uh, writers' pod of the year on Anfield Index yesterday, so that's just been released. So you can check that out. Of course, you can catch me here on on Copcast. And since Dave isn't plugging anything this week, I thought I'd, I'd do his plugging for him. A couple of TV shows this week. Gonna plug Marcella on Netflix. Definitely worth a watch. And I'm going to plug Taboo on uh, BBC One, which is fucking class. That's a great shout. That's a great shout, Neil. I've watched it as well. I sat up there and I watched the first. Is there four on at the minute? Yeah, four so far. I watched all of them. Watched all of them. Couldn't turn it off. It was up to about two in the morning. It's brilliant. There you go. So get on that. It's had the Copcast seal of approval. There we go. Back to people who have a life. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm going to plug WFI. Do two words. WFI, Cop Libertadores. There you go. Three words. Fuck it. Um, it's that time of night. <laughs> um, that's all you need to know. So until the night. Oh, sorry. I forgot. Plug the articles on Cop Left because there's some great match reports there. There's some decent articles around Klopp on there at the minute. If you haven't been checking those out, I highly recommend you do. Take a look at copleft.com. Find us on Twitter there as well. And until the next one, when hopefully we're talking about a win for a change, which would be, which would be a nice welcoming thing. We could actually maybe do a structured podcast. It's goodbye.